They have asked me to set it all down for a book, and I am pleased they still want to know about the old things. I mean to set down an account of it as straight as I can, but you have to keep in mind that I used to have something of a reputation as a liar. When they asked me to write this book, they wanted mainly to know about the Wild West shows before we are all dead who dreamed them and created them. My life has been more than Wild West shows. I am sure most people who still recognize my name in 1922 already know that. And as long as I have the opportunity to set the record straight in these pages, I would like to refute some of the nonsense about me that has appeared in lurid fictions. I am not so different from anyone else. But when the truth is mixed with lies to become legend, it becomes difficult for anyone later to go back and sort out the realities— I am glad to have this chance to put to rest both the dime novel fictions and the catcalls of the detractors. I have an opportunity and an obligation to try and restore balance to a story that has been tipped way out over the precipice of plausibility, and that is what I shall do. Not too long ago, when I made my last public appearance in Denver, I overheard a young sporting man say to his lady friend, The trouble with Colonel Cardiff there, he actually believes he's Colonel Cardiff. Yes and no. I know who I am. I am Hugh Michael Cardiff. But I am not necessarily the fellow from those dime novels. My life in public began when I was grown to nineteen years old, and I went up against Doc Bogardus in Denver. Everything that has happened to me since then started from there— so I believe that is the place for me to start this story. I was over in Uray that spring. There was still a bit of snow, and we spent most of our time indoors, taking our meals and drink in Dick Maurice's place, which has become a landmark nowadays in all the memoirs. Actually, it was a primitive place, with a pinewood bar and a few mirrors and handmade furniture. The ornate construction came later, after the place burned down in 71 and Maurice rebuilt it like an Italian palace. An artist, drunk to his hair roots, was on his knees painting a woman's face on the floor in imitation of the one we'd all seen up in Central City. The roped-off floor was surrounded by a crowd of us watching the painting take shape and egging the poor fellow on. You got the eye too close to the nose there, bucko. What's the matter with the mouth? Let's see a little more of them teats there. You ain't got no call to be bashful about it. That's the strangest-looking nose I ever seen. How come she got red eyes there? Because she's advertising, you fool. This place sells red eye, don't it? Then a boy about twelve came in with a roll of posters under his arm, and I saw him bend Maurice's ear at the bar. Dick Maurice shrugged and nodded, after which I saw the boy go over and nail one of the posters up on the wall. The boy left, and we all walked over to read it. The poster drew my interest because it was topped by an illustration of a Springfield rifle. Over behind me, some of the miners didn't have any interest in it at all. I remember hearing a loud disputation about the impeachment proceedings against President Johnson. I still have a copy of that poster. Somebody gave it to me years later, and I kept it. A Challenge to Marksman from the world-famous rifle champion Dr. George P. Bogardus. Through courtesy of the Denver Gazette, and at great expense, Dr. Bogardus will appear for one day only at W. F. Skinner's farm, Denver, Colorado, ready to accept challenge from any shooter in the territory.
Targets to be glass balls to be thrown into the air at 25 yards rise. Challenger's choice of muzzle-load rifle, metal cartridge rifle, pistol, revolver, or musket. Shotguns not permitted. Sporting bet is invited.